We look at the church today and something is missing. And I think the reason that it's missing is because we lost our hope in Him. Not only that we are believers, but that our families need Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But one day, we're going to be perfect and sinless because of what Christ has done and what He's doing. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for our continuing celebration of the Lord's matchless love. Today, Raul will contemplate how God has blessed us with the hope of eternal life, an expectation we can carry with us through all of life's trials. Raul will give us assurance today that our current hardships are only temporary while our joy-filled future with God is forever. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, here's Raul Reese. He says, Paul, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to emptiness, not willingly, but because of him who were subject in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans in labors with bird pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our Lord. He says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he doesn't see? He says, But we hope of what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So here Paul has uh, some really neat things to say concerning our future hope. Now, do you know your future hope as a Christian? You know, when you talk a lot of times to believers, a lot of them don't have the concept of eternal life. They don't have that faith that we're going to die. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But the greatest thing is people do not have the hope of the rapture of the church any longer. You don't hear about it. You don't hear a lot about prophecy. We're back in the 70s and 80s. It used to be not only heard, but people were excited about the coming of the Lord. And maybe because Christ has not returned, people have become discouraged. Or maybe they come to that place of unbelief. But as a church, we need to not only see that the Word of God is correct. The Word of God has made promises. In all the promises of the scripture, they always are fulfilled. Not in our time, but in his time. So as believers, we live in the light of the hope of glory. What is your hope? Now look at verse 18, the unveiling of our future. For I reckon 
that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, many of you might be here and you're suffering. Suffering. And many times people do suffer tremendously. You go to the hospitals, you go to rest homes, and you see these people really suffering. And some people get bitter and say, well, how come God allows, why would God allow my mom or my grandpa, my grandma, my brother and sister to suffer in such a way, in such pain? Because if there was a real God, he says, what, he would comfort them. And God does comfort people. And when God comes to our sides and we're suffering and we're praying and we're asking him not only to forgive me, then I reckon my life, as we have the word here, because the word to reckon here means to reason or to calculate or to use logic. Why am I going through this thing that I'm going through? The reason, Lord, what is the reason? The reason that I'm suffering, the reason that you took away this, the reason that you're not speaking to me. And if we take it according to the word of God, listen, it, the word is expressed by faith and action in Hebrews 11.1. 1. He says, Paul, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. I like that. Things not seen. As you see, there's two worlds. There's a physical world and there's a spiritual world right here in this room and even outside and all over the world. If we could open our eyes spiritually in that place where you could see in that second world, I think every one of us would blow our minds of angels, good angels, evil angels. And when the angels, when they see people get saved, according to Jesus, he says the angels rejoice for one sinner getting saved. And then on the other side, when Satan rebelled, one-third of heaven was actually kept out with Satan, and they follow Satan. And these are called demons today. So if there are angels, and there is a spiritual world, that one day, you and I, and I always think about this, when you take your last breath, your family is standing right there before you. And the moment you take your last breath, and you close your eyes, and your spirit comes out of your body. And the angels are there to take you to heaven. That's what the scripture says. And it's an incredible feeling. I don't understand it. But one day every one of us will experience it. The spiritual world that exists today. The psalmist says, my heavens, he says, is from here to here. And when you're looking out to this universe, to the stars, billions of stars, and with these telescopes today, they're going way out there and they're looking. And by the way, in every one of those planets, every one of them, there are no people. God chose only one place, the earth. But imagine when you and I come to that place, young or old, and you take your last breath and you're in the presence of God, or you'll end up in the place called hell. And then the lake of fire. How I thank God for the opportunity that he's given you. The opportunity he's given me. Because in the book of Hebrews, just in chapter 11, if you read it, it's called the chapter of faith. Every one of them that had faith in the Lord. And everyone that had faith, they suffered. They had pain, they experienced pain. 
But then at the same time, they had their trust and faith and hope in God. That's the reason they made it. The word suffering means all forms of sufferings which we experience throughout our lives, not just once, throughout our lives. And then you think about it, each one of you here, somebody has cancer in your family, prostate cancer or whatever cancer they have. Some die real soon, some, you know, they last a long time. But at the same time, who's in control of our breath? The Lord. God is in control of our lives. And so if I know that God's in control of my life, how am I going to please Him? Especially when I am suffering. In 1 Peter 1.11, it says that it's predicted. Searching water or one manner of time, the Spirit of Christ who was in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Even Jesus suffered going to the cross. If he suffered, why shouldn't we suffer when he is God? Secondly, it was announced in Mark nine twelve. He says, and then Jesus answered and told him, Indeed, Elijah is coming first, to restore all things. And how is it written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? And thirdly, it was explained. Luke 24, 26. He says, Ought not the Christ, the Messiah, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then he said to them, Thus it is written in the Old Testament. And thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise again from the dead on the third day. The hope that is given to us that he rose again from the dead, fulfilled by the scriptures, that he came from all eternity for you, for me, for this world, to give every person an opportunity to say yes or to say no, to be in the light or to be in darkness, to go to heaven or to go to hell. No one can ever say you didn't give me a chance. You would be a liar. Because God has given a chance to everybody, even those that are not here today. Every person in that world, God has given them an opportunity. And then fifthly, it was witness. 1 Peter 5.1 The elders who are among you, I exhort. He says, I who I am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. The glory that will be revealed one day to each one of our lives. In Acts 72, Paul says, as his custom, and for three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this is Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's who we preach ourselves. We don't preach anybody else but Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's why the cults can't do that, but we can. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're committed to assisting you in your spiritual growth. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also download our free app for a variety of convenient faith-building resources. Now, here's more from Rawl. 
And then seven, it will happen to us. Matthew 5.10, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, he says this, Jesus. Blessed are those who are persecuted, notice, for righteousness' sake. Not for being weird. Righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile or persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we are in good company. The prophets before us. They suffered tremendously if you read the Old Testament. The word here, worthy, is used to refer a balance that is given. Our personal suffering cannot match the glory we shall one day experience as Christians. 1 Peter 4.13, he says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, and that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Not happiness, joy. Now the future glory shall be revealed in us. Listen, Colossians 3.4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Secondly, the future glory shall be an eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen, they are eternal. And then this future glory shall far exceed anything that we have ever seen or heard or longed for as hearers. First Peter 5, 4, he says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. The crown of glory. And then this future shall be so glorious, it will reflect through us and others, making us ministers of glory. Ephesians 3.10 says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places in Christ. And then this future shall make us not only as he is, uh, Philippians 3.20, I love that because it speaks of the rapture too. For our citizenship is where? In heaven. From which we also eagerly are waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies that it may be conformed into his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Imagine one day we will be in the presence of God in glory. Second point, verse 19 to 23, the understanding of a future deliverance. Verse 19, he says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, and not to willingly, but because of him who subjected it is hope. 
Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until the very moment. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our bodies. One day, our bodies are going to be transformed. The creation here suffers struggles. The deliverance from corruption is going to come. The word corruption here refers to everything under man, animal, plant, or mineral. Everything. So we see that all creation is living, waiting expectantly. Notice, for the day of what? The day when Jesus Christ will come to take us and we can be glorified even as he is glorified. Let me give you five important things about this verse here. He says, so what do we see in these scriptures? Number one, the coming of Christ. Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The last breath we take in the presence of God. Secondly, the looking for the sons of God. Romans eight nineteen, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing or the unveiling of the sons of God. In the Old Testament, the sons of God were angels. In the New Testament, the sons of God is each one of us individually. Thirdly, the restoration of all creation. Look what a mess the world is today. God is going to create a new heaven, a new earth. Romans 8.20, For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Adam and Eve sinned, and now Christ is going to come and give us a whole new heavens and a whole new earth. Fourthly, that all creation groans. Romans 8.22, he says, For we know that the whole creation is groaning and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves are groaning within us, not outside, within us eagerly, waiting for the adoption and redemption of our body. So the inner man, the Spirit is groaning. Let me out. It's captivated inside. When you look in the mirror, you're only looking in a shadow of things to come because we're in this world. The real you is inside. When you die, the real you comes out of your body. The body goes back into the earth, but your new body goes to be with Jesus Christ. I love that. And then fifthly, the redemption of our bodies. He says, Romans 8.23, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves are groaning within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of who? Our bodies. Look at verse 24, 25, the third point. The reality of our faith. Romans 8, 24 says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he has seen? But if we hope for what we have not seen, we eagerly wait 
for it with perseverance. Also, it helps our sufferings. It is hope that delivers us from sin. It is hope that delivers me from people that are against me. You see, hope saves us, for it is this hope that keeps me seeking after God and His redemption. I realized that I was a sinner. He died for me. He washed me by His blood. And one day I'm going to be just like Him when I take my last breath. This is why I wait, and you should wait patiently. And so to us believers, that hope is based on the inward experience and witness of God's Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that is in my life, that Holy Spirit that is in your life. And we know that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives within us, and that we experience the power of God in my life. With, in, and upon Surely we want, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we want the power of the Holy Spirit to be experienced every single day when I get up. The power to witness, the power to overcome sin, and the power that people may see that I am a true Christian. Read the book of Acts. It will blow you away. And then God has chosen for us salvation by what? By faith and not by sight. And secondly, God is after one thing in our lives. Our being patient in great hope, and that is in preserving hope that when He comes, we will be ready to meet Him. We hope today's lesson has lifted your spirit and has given you joy, the joy that every believer has, eternal life with the Lord Jesus in heaven. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Simply ask for the message titled, Our Future Hope. As you choose to endure earthly trials resting in this eternal hope, we'd like to offer you a resource titled, Understanding God's Compassion. This four-chapter booklet from Rawl further illuminates how you can overcome tribulation with absolute confidence in the Lord's saving love. You'll see that as His child, you enjoy incredible blessings of salvation, healing, provision, and protection. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawl's booklet titled, Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That number, once again, is 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. As we continually look for new ways to support you in your journey with the Lord, we value your feedback. We also invite you to explore our many free resources for growing in your faith. Be sure to join Rawl for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. This Q&A program offers biblical guidance for walking closely in step with the Lord. If you've missed one of these programs or would like to hear one again, you can download the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And don't forget, Rawl also writes a daily devotional email. You can subscribe on our website. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. This is a listener-supported ministry, and that simply means that your continued prayers and financial support are crucial to keeping us on the air. Thanks so much for your partnership.
Well, as we continue this series next time, be sure and join us for uplifting insight into the power and mercy that God can pour into your life in your darkest hours. You'll see that no matter what you're facing, you can confidently trust the Lord with all of your trials. Now, with a closing comment, here's Rawl. God is called the God of hope. And if our hope is expressed in several glorious ways in Scripture, for example, number one, the hope of the resurrection, Acts 23, 6. But when Peter perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out to the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of Pharisee. Concerning the hope of the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. The hope of the resurrection. How about the hope of faith? Romans 4.18 Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And then the hope of the Holy Spirit. I love this. And now may the God of hope fill you with joy. And peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope that we have. And then the hope that endures afflictions. Titus 2.13 Looking for the blessed hope and glories appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. And then lastly, our hope of his return. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 he says, Paul. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and our Father. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.